One of the biggest things that I am trying to do here with this talk that I keep doing from time to time online is that I really want to inspire people to develop some type of meditation practice, some type of introspection, uh, and some type of practice toward betterment in some way, right? So there's treadmill and there's all that stuff, but some acceptance of stillness and some working on self so that we can be a better self to others and the we can sort of get nicer as well. And so why not just come out and ask for that? I do a lot of talking about betterment and what I'm finding is that a lot of the people that listen to the show and a lot of people that I deal with in my daily life are interested in self-improvement. In fact, I think it's fair to say that we're all across the board interested in improving self. There's a time when that betterment becomes better served if we don't try and make self bigger and we start to learn to put it down. And that becomes interesting to hear about, that becomes interesting to think about. But while we're thinking about it, we're still lost in thought. We're still out there in this running mind. And the mind is such a runaway train. It's very, very difficult to stop. And that's the natural place. So many people say, just sit and meditate and be in a natural state. Well, it's not natural. Look around. The average <laughs> by a lot is that we're sitting lost in thought. We keep comparing. We keep critiquing. We keep thinking. And so today's talk, I really want to inspire everybody or state the importance of a regular, not even tough, but a regular daily practice of coming back to the breath, of coming back to center. I want to describe what that might look like, and I want to ask people, or try in some way to inspire people, to say that that's the action that we need to take. That's what we need to do to change not only our own lives, but the planet in general. That's really where we need to be. So rather than talk about it, or self-development, or need other things, I really want to just say, do you have a sitting practice? Not would you like to, do you think you might a little, do you think you're going to start one soon, none of that stuff. Do you actually sit down and try and drop your thoughts on a regular basis? That's the question today. So let's talk about what that might look like. Let's talk about why that might be hard to do. That's today's talk. Thanks. I'm not sure that everybody is capable of sitting and meditating and having a deep meditation practice. I think the pool of everyone that's interested in self being happier is across the board. And from that, I think there's a smaller pool of people that <clears throat> and there's a smaller pool of people that realize that there may be a different way to develop self rather than serving self. There may be a larger perspective, right? And so those are people that are starting to become interested in talks like this. Those are people who are reading self-help books and sort of saying like what you know how can I change my perspective so it's not just about eating sugar and feeling good or you know it's not just about consumption and taking and all that it might be joyful to give right and so there's some type of switch there but those people of them I think there's an even smaller pool of people who are capable and willing to 
start looking at the mind and how it works. I think this is the uh, development of man, and I think it's where we need to start. But if you're one of the people that listens to this show, then you're certainly in that smaller group of people that's interested in self-development in a different way. And of you, if I were to say, sit down for 10 minutes, or sit down for three minutes, and just count your breaths, and every time you lose count, begin again at one, and do that. Many of you would say, that is horribly boring. I don't want to do that. And yet that is the work. Developing that talent, that skill, is the work that's going to separate us out from thought. It's going to get us out of this treadmill of time, and it's going to get us out of a lot of the pain that we feel. So how's it going to do that? How does it do that? Well, as we've talked about before, all good and bad lives in thought. All good and bad lives in this critique place, right? And if we make the assumption before we experience it that there is maybe this other place, this non-dual experiencing place, then just talking about it isn't enough. Just understanding it is still in thought. So as I say it to you, and maybe you believe me that that exists, that's not enough. We need to actually experience it. Because when we experience it, we actually start to feel this joy, and our mind changes, and it influences when we do think. It influences when we do go back into that place of duality. We've recently had another tragedy. We've had the Virginia Tech incident, which is horrible. I want to point out that for the first time, we're able to see the entire world together. Our media can very quickly tell us what's going on on this planet. So rather than worry about that things are getting worse and that we're having more and more of these tragedies, whether they're natural disasters like tsunamis or Katrina, um, you know, or whether they're what we'd hope are avoidable things like Columbine and Virginia Tech and 9-11 and those kinds of things, we're seeing these tragedies that are happening more quickly, but they may not be actually happening more quickly. That's just an aside real fast. But while they are happening, and they are horrifying, without doubt, people wonder, what can we do about it? Learning to hold this space, learning to have some type of meditation practice is so important because we set an example for other people. We open up that space more and more so that other people can fill it. More than becoming an example, though, we learn how to teach it. And we learn as we see our own structures, as we get to know ourselves really well, there's patterns there in self across people. And so as I know me better, I start to know you better. And I think at that point, that's when we start to be able to see that person's really in pain. They need help. Not only do they need help, I know the kind of help that they need. And I can speak to it more from a more informed place. And so as we wonder what we can do about this, how do we counsel people, how do we get them out of trouble, all that stuff, it really starts with us managing us and not being caught in the illusion that just talking about these things is enough. We have to do them. You know, there's a funny old saying, there is no try, only do. And so if you're not doing, if you're not actually sitting and trying to drop thought and trying to come back to your breath, if you're not doing that, then it's all still just thought. It's all still just 
a separate self developing rather than one that's trying to blend back into the whole. So quickly I want to describe what the beginning of a practice might look like. And even before I do that, I want to say that people who have practices already that sit every day, I want to inspire you to tighten that up, work harder at it. You know, let this be a reminder that we need to work on that, that that's important. But for those of you that don't have any practice at all, what I do, part of what I do in my life is teach meditation. So please send me an email to ask how, if that's interesting to you. But I'll say it now, where that begins is sitting for, you know, three to five minutes in the beginning with the intention of counting your breaths. On every in-breath, you'd count one. On every out-breath, you'd count two. You'd do that up to, say, ten. And then you'd start over again at one. And as you drift off and realize that you're not with your breath, you start over again at one. And in the beginning, you may not be able to get to ten for a long time. But as you develop this skill, you'll start to be able to stay there more and more and more. And what's actually happening there is you're marrying your thought, the counting of a number, with your body, which is a breath. And so you're starting to blend mind with body. And you're carving out a space in your day, stating to the world and yourself and everyone else that that's important to you. You get up maybe every morning and do that, maybe before bed, maybe both. If counting your breaths is too hard, pick a favorite song that you like and play it every morning. And while you're listening to that song, try and really be with the song. And when you notice that you're not with the song, that you're thinking about your day, bring your attention back to the song. And so again, there we're trying to work with anchoring our mind to something for some period of time. We're trying to pull our mind out of the runaway train or runaway horse that is our mind. I have a good friend who made a great point that What's a lot more popular than meditation now, it seems, are things like yoga practices because you get a great you know, physical result and people are doing that in gyms and all that. So anyone that has a yoga practice, I would suggest that use that time to really do what yoga came from, what the point of that was. And it's not only physical benefit, but it's a mental benefit of being with your body, being in close attention with what your breath is doing and what your edges are. So that's part of a practice that you may already have that, you know, we're in there, but we're allowing our mind to sort of run while we're doing it because we just think we're trying to become more flexible maybe. Well, instead, go into maybe a yoga practice that you have and pay more attention to what your mind's doing. Use that to uh, tighten up and work on a meditation practice along with a yoga practice. Guided CDs also work in the beginning. You can sit down and be guided by a meditation. Somebody's talking you through and helping you to stay anchored. If you get in this habit and you grow this habit, it will have amazing benefits for you. There are scientific benefits that I don't want to list. Actually, I think it's uh, silly because you have to find them yourself, but they are numerous. Maybe I'll list them another time, but there's a lot of benefits to this, not only for yourself, but this is what we do for the world. This is what we do to, uh, to wake up the planet. So give it a try. Commit to a daily practice. That's my, uh, that's my request of you. The song that I had at the beginning, I'm going to play the whole thing now. It's Soup by Blind Melon on the Nico album. And it's actually 
uh, talking about death and it's talking about potentially suicide and things like that. And it evokes a lot of emotion. And so sort of in honor of the mind that we're trying to fix, the type of mind that's pathological and hurt and broken, I want to play this song because I think it can be very real to a lot of people. And obviously, you know, with the tragedy that we've just recently had, there's there's more people than we'd like feeling this way. So listen to it, let it sink in, feel it, maybe meditate on it. This is Rob Scott. You're listening to Fundamental Shift. Thank you so much. Be kind to yourself and everybody else. Bye-bye. The clothesline of cold eyes washing away the face before. Now tell me what's wrong. You see everyone's gone. You gotta do your best to decorate this dying day. This dying day. Cheers!